Welcome into the On3 studios here in Nashville, Tennessee. It is Thursday morning, and we are waking up to a new day in college football. Nick Saban, he stepped down. He's retired as the head coach at Alabama. And how are we all feeling about this today? I guess I guess it depends how you feel. It depends which side of it you're on, if you're an opponent of Nick Saban's or if you're an Alabama fan. But it definitely makes college football feel feel a little unbalanced, like the ecosystem is kind of out of whack. 17 years at Alabama, and in those 17 years, Nick Saban finished with the number one recruiting class 11 times, the number two recruiting class four times. So 15 out of 17 years, Nick Saban finished number one or number two while he was at Alabama. Just an incredible run on the recruiting trail. So my question is now, Does this level the playing field from a recruiting perspective? For so many years, Saban has been able to land who he wants, right? Whether it's SEC rivals or whether it's anywhere in the country, Saban, he can go into your state. Take Louisiana, for example, and spoil LSU class by taking one of the top players out of the state of Louisiana. He's gone into Georgia and landed a Bulldog legacy recruit. He's gone into the state of Florida. He's pulled out top players like Eddie Jackson, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, Derrick Henry. Um, This is the coach that can go into the state of Iowa the night before National Signing Day and flip the number one player in the state of Iowa away from Iowa, Caden Proctor. Let me know what you guys think of all this. Does it truly level the playing field? Is the Bama brand strong enough to keep it rolling after Saban. Such a shocker last night. Let me know what you guys think. We got a lot of recruiting to cover today. I'm excited to do it. We're about to get it going, but first hit subscribe for me. Look at this thing. We almost got the page to 40K with your help. I think we can get there. Hit subscribe for me, please. All right. We've seen one major domino fall as the result of Nick, Nick Saban retiring. Last night, I don't know, about an hour at, no, it was a couple hours after the news broke. It was after the sun had went down and Nick Saban announced his retirement about 4 p.m. But Hayes Fawcett of On3 broke the news. Ryan Williams, five-star wide receiver committed to Alabama, was the first recruiting casualty of Nick Saban's retirement. Ryan Williams announced that he had decommitted from Bama. Now, Ryan Williams, five-star recruit, had been committed to Bama for a long time, has official visits already set. This was already the plan, but he was going to visit Alabama, Texas, and then Auburn to round out the month of January and then make his decision on February 7th and sign. Now, he was committed. Like I said, he decommitted. He still plans to take those visits. Now, I think he will be patient here. I think Ryan Williams will wait to see who Alabama ultimately hires, but it'll be big to see if he makes it to campus. Does he still visit? Does he take that official visit? which I do think he will, but that'll be something to watch. I think Auburn, they're really the team to beat here, even though he's fresh off that decommitment from Alabama. I think Auburn (coughs) had the best shot at flipping him prior to this. Now, Texas is involved. A&M also working an angle here. I think A&M probably on the outside looking in right now, but Texas, they are a team to watch. So we'll continue to keep you guys updated on these major developments. Also, on threes, Pete Nakos reported this morning. Alabama athletes will be able to transfer in conference and there is a 30-day window for Bama players to enter the portal. I believe that started yesterday, but as you know, it takes about two to three days to see names appearing in the portal unless the player announces himself. So 
As of now, nobody's in the portal, but there could be some announcements coming. So this is going to be this is going to be an off season really like no other because a lot of us haven't followed recruiting in an era where Nick Saban isn't coaching, but we'll keep you guys covered. We'll keep you updated. Just hang with us. We got a great show today, Michigan. We're going to cover Michigan recruiting coming off that natty. Can they flip Bryce Underwood, the number one quarterback in America, Tennessee? They're now trending for the number two quarterback in America, George McIntyre. Alabama was the team trending for him before, but now it's Tennessee. We're also going to talk some portal combat with Jerry Hamilton, Texas Longhorns, and Texas A&M Aggies. We got some intel on the way. All right, let's get to it. What's it going to take for a team in Texas to win the SEC conference? Well, the offseason is where championship runs are made. And today, we're going to talk Texas and Texas A&M in the transfer portal. Have they done enough? But before we get going, hit subscribe for me. We talk recruiting. We talk transfer portal. It's 365 days out of the year. All recruiting all the time. Hit subscribe for me, please. All right. Let's bring on on threes, Jerry Hamilton, and we'll start with the Longhorns, Jerry, in the portal. They've added Matthew Golden from Houston, safety Andrew McCuba from Clemson, and edge Trey Moore from UTSA. Now, Jerry, Matthew Golden, he's on board, but we know Texas wants more wide receivers. How many more do they need, and you got any names for me? Yeah, I think they'll take at least one more out of the portal. I think two is pretty much the number. Obviously, Matthew Golden, he kind of fills – He's also a kickoff return guy, so he feels something there as well as wide receiver. C.J. Daniels, uh, the Liberty transfer, visited Texas last weekend after visiting Auburn and Florida in the previous uh, three days. He's probably the name to know right now. We'll see if anybody else jumps in the portal. There's also Silas Bolden at Oregon State who may make a visit to Texas this weekend if C.J. Daniels doesn't have a decision. There's been a little quiet confidence in the last 24 hours out of the Austin, out of Austin on C.J. Daniels. We'll see if that comes true because obviously Liberty is still trying to get him to go back to uh, school as well like Caden Salter, the quarterback, did. But C.J. Daniels is the main name to know right now. Yeah, the the portal's crazy. I mean, you got you got Texas, you got UF, you got Auburn, but you also got to battle Liberty as well. So who knows what's going to happen with CJ well, Daniels? And, but and just national title game just ended. Guys have nine what nine days to go in for the yeah. national title game. Who knows who's going in? Yeah. And now let's talk about two guys that they've already landed, and that is Trey Moore, who who's an edge, and then on defense you also have safety Andrew Makuba from Clemson. Are these additions uh, starting line caliber players? They're going to come in and compete for a starting job, or are they depth pieces for Texas? I think all three of those guys are starting level players for mm. Texas at the SEC. We talked about Golden. He also brings the kick return game. Uh, he scored two touchdowns against Texas this year. Very talented teammate of Jaden Blue at Klein Kane. But then you kind of look at Andrew McCuba. Yeah, absolutely. Star, I, I believe he'll be a starter for Texas next year. Question what is whether that's at nickel or is it safety? He's a guy with 150 tackles in his career at Clemson. He's played in a lot of big games, played against a lot of talent and neutralized situations. Uh, as a guy that's on NFL draft boards, he's absolutely, I think, is going to be penciled in as a starter at Texas. Trey Moore, if you watch the Washington game, Texas has to get edge pressure. Yes. Uh, and you're talking about one of the top sack guys in the country at UTSA. He's a little bit undersized, maybe doesn't have the ideal arm length in the SEC uh, that you want, but he's so twitchy. 
I think he's going to bring pass rush off the edge along with freshman Colin Simmons that Texas was lacking last year. Is there another need to fill beyond wide receiver for Texas right now? Yeah, absolutely. Defensive line. Jamari Caldwell, the Houston transfer, visited last weekend. Mm. It's down to Texas and Oregon. Oops, Bo Davis just took the LSU D-line job. So what's going to happen there? you got to figure it's not Texas. Then there's linebacker, inside linebacker, with Jalen Ford departing for the NFL. You know, Kendrick Blackshire, the Alabama transfer, scheduled to visit Austin and Texas this weekend. Uh, an experienced adult in the room at inside linebacker is a need for Texas if after Blackshire visits, he meets what they're looking for. So continue to look at wide receiver, defensive line, and linebacker. All right, let's check in on the Aggies right now. They've had some big portal additions themselves, led by Edge Nick Scorton out of Purdue, corner Will Lee, Cassius Howell from Bowling Green, Jabari Barber from Troy, and Dorian Hinton, a big offensive lineman from FAU. Did the Aggies add SEC caliber transfers, in your opinion? I think the jury's out on some of those guys, but I like what they've done in terms of kind of replenishing what they had to in the roster. Look, Scourton, who used to go by Nick Carraway coming out of Brian yeah. High right down the road from AM, and um, he, he was almost a must-get for Texas A&M. I mean, when you look at Fidel Diggs and Walter Nolan uh, leaving, uh, transferring out of the program, then Isaiah Rakes, I mean, they took some massive hits on a tremendous defensive line. So Scourton is absolutely an SEC-level starting player. Um, he's a guy that'll be an NFL player one day. Uh, that was a big pickup for them. Then you look down the, you know, the wide receiver barber. Um, he's a guy who is a kind of, he's a speedy guy with long arms. I think they need some of that speed. Obviously, Evan Stewart uh, bouncing uh, and leaving in the portal. That takes away a speed uh, yeah. guy for Texas A&M. So Barber, I think, helps replace that. Offensive line is where, you know, Mike Elko, whether it's through the portal, whether it's through high school recruiting in these next couple of classes, they got some work to do. Getting Chase Besantis to stay was key for them. We'll be interested to see if they move him inside or keep him at right tackle. But Hinton, at least, you know, they, they, can, they can plug a little bit on the offensive right. line. Uh, because last year it was a sieve at times, and they had to get some adults, some experienced guys in the room on the offensive line in this transition year. I think they've addressed some needs. Uh, uh, obviously, Jake Johnson's a big loss at tight end. They had some guys that were hard to replace, but I think they've done a good job. Will Lee's a lengthy corner. I'll tell you what they've done. They've taken a number of safeties. Mike Elko came into Texas A&M and obviously thought there was a real depth issue at safety. Uh, obviously, Bryce Anderson's back, Jacoby Matthews, two really good players that are going to be juniors, but there was not depth behind them, and they've done a good job addressing that. All right, and you mentioned a lot going out, a lot coming in. I think Texas A&M's total right now is at 21. I know they're over 20. So my question to you is, is Mike Elko flipping the roster, or is the roster flipping on him? Can that be both? I mean, that, that's, that's a great question, Josh. I mean, I, I think, look, I think some of the guys that leave, I think you're okay with at times mm -hmm. because you're going to come in, you're going to reestablish your culture, uh, build things the way you feel like they need to be built versus how they were. Um, and that's not an indictment on anybody. That's when any new coach comes yeah. in. Uh, but I think he's flipping the roster f to have a, a, a chance to steady the ship next year and the year after. I think that's the thing, the main thing. Building through the high school level is still going to be key for him in the 25 and 26 classes. But I think what he's done right now is steady the ship because for a while there, 
I think Texas A&M fans are like, what are we even going to look like next year? Uh, so at least now they have a picture of a guy that has a plan and he's hired a quality staff and now they're going to execute that plan. So I think he's just he's kind of keeping things steady right now. He's getting some guys he likes on defense. They're going to fit his scheme, which I think is underrated when you look at where players transfer from. All right. Now, at the beginning of the video, I posed the question, what's it going to take for a team from Texas to win the SEC? And at this point, I don't think it's really fair to put those expectations on Texas A&M. Like you said, Mike Elko is there to stabilize right now, not to, to win the SEC. I mean, that would be great. But has Texas done enough this offseason? Is the transfer portal recruiting? Have they done enough this offseason to win the SEC? I think they still have some holes to fill now. I mean, with Jatavion Sanders going pro tied in, he's a tough guy to replace for Texas. I mean, he's a downfield after the catch threat. There just aren't many of those guys. They're high draft picks in the NFL. So could Texas also take a portal tied in in the spring? That's something to watch as well. I think they've done enough through their a third straight top five recruiting class. I think they'll end up with five, six, seven guys out of the portal. They have three right now. I think they'll do enough to where they're going to be competing in that league next year for sure. I think they have too much talent at quarterback, an offensive line that's going to be experienced and older. Uh, so a lot of talented young guys coming in, some young guys at linebacker that Texas fans have seen Anthony Hill, but not some of the other guys. I think Texas is going to be right there to compete. Do they have the roster talent level of Georgia or Alabama next year? I think they're going to be a little bit cut below that as of right now. Well, portal's not not closed yet. There's still coaching change happening. There's still some 2024 recruiting going on. There's a lot to happen still. Jerry Hamilton, thank you for dropping by today on the Inside Scoop. You got it. The Michigan Wolverines are national champions and top recruits from all over the country had to be impressed by that performance against Washington. We're going to talk about it in this video today. And I also want to find out, is it enough to flip five-star QB Bryce Underwood from LSU? I got Michigan insider Zach Libby on to talk about the impact of Michigan's big win. But first, hit subscribe to the On3 Recruits page. Exciting time to be a Michigan fan. Exciting time. Hit subscribe for me. All right, let's bring on Zach Libby from the Wolverine. Now, Zach, I got to ask, you've been in the streets, you've been all over, but what has been the reaction from recruits to Michigan's big win? Yeah, uh, right now we have over 130 recruits that have given their thoughts on the national championship win. And the, the basis is all the same. They saw what it takes to win a national championship uh, from the foundation to the culture to the commodity with the team. Um, some of these crews obviously have visited too. So they understand what the operation was for Michigan to win the national championship. So finishing the job per se. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they saw that everyone bought in. They saw the what happens when the cameras aren't rolling, specifically, you know, development development in the weight room, just friendship and unity with everyone. Um, but they really just saw, you know, their interests obviously rise too. I mean, there's there are guys who went on record saying that their interest in the Michigan Wolverines has risen just because of them having an offer mm -hmm. from the national teams. But there were some specific ones that really stood out as well. I mean, you're talking about top 100 wide receiver Gatlin Bear from Burley, Idaho, the low remaining Michigan target in the 2024 class. I mean, he told us he 
he talked to Anderson, uh, wide receivers coach Ron Bellamy the night before. And, you know, this is a guy who visited for the Ohio State game, and he is being pri- heavily prioritized by Michigan. So I, it was good for him, you know, he told us just to see them win it all and allow the people that he's built relationships with in Arbor to enjoy the moment. But um, when you talk about specific positions, I mean, obviously offensive line is one that stood out. I mean, mm-hmm. guys like hundred interior option in Avery Gash from in-state um, top 50 offensive tackle, Andrew Babaloa. I mean, elite offensive linemen who have visited Michigan or have had contact with offensive line coach Cheryl Moore, who played such a pivotal role in this run to the national championship. But, you know, certain regions, too, um, are ones to highlight. I mean, obviously, the guys from Ohio, right, the 2025 guys who have uh, not only visited Michigan but are high on the board for the Wolverines, Marquise Davis, on 300 athletes, Dwayne Galloway, top 100 quarterback, uh, another top 100 quarterback, and Trey McNutt. I mean, guys who Michigan is going to end up having to do battle with in-state Ohio State or these other regional powerhouses. So having that national championship can give them um, a leg up, uh, especially after, um, you know, key uh, states like Ohio with so much talent available in this next cycle. But, you know, there's others too, like uh, commits really like Chris Ewald, top 100 uh, cornerback from Shamanah Madonna in South Florida. He mentioned to us, you know, he has a lot of respect for Michigan and just allowing him to commit early and be that face of the class, be that guy that everyone mentions. Like he is that guy in the 25 class from Michigan. And, you know, we, we know that, Ewald is garnering interest from the local schools like Miami and Florida State. But for uh, him to be committed to a school like Michigan, who's won a national championship and their, um, you know, issue degree of him being just, as we mentioned, the face of the class, I think that means something and a win means something for a kid like him. So overall, I mean, a win just did everything that Michigan wanted to do for recruiting in terms of just uh, have them be in the minds of top recruits. Yeah. And, you know, it helps with the commits. It helps with get a leg up on some of the competition. It can get a foot in the door. But Michigan fans want to know, can it help with Bryce Underwood? Does this national championship start a conversation with Bryce Underwood, who just about a week ago committed to LSU? Look, I think Bryce is more than happy with finding his school last weekend. I think LSU did a phenomenal job during the recruitment process of not only with Underwood, but his entire family. I will say this. I think now that Bryce is committed to the Tigers, I think Michigan fans will finally begin to realize what type of athlete they got in quarterback commit Carter Smith mm-hmm. out of Fort Bishop Verreau. And, you know, he's a kid who committed – less than two weeks after his first ever visit to Michigan for the Purdue game in November. He is the reigning Florida Gatorade player of the year, a true dual threat. Um, And he is one, you know, based on interviews that we have done with the Wolverines since his commitment, he is taking a active role in peer recruiting. Um, You want, you want to talk about a guy who has the, the energy, the persona, the, the, the type of, um, team morale that J.J. McCarthy has done as a recruit and commit and then later as a starting quarterback, I feel like Carter Smith is going to have that type of role as well. So 
Um, I think one, you know, it's it's tough, you know, for an in-state school like Michigan to lose out on a generational quarterback like Bryce Underwood, but they got a really, really good athlete and a true leader in Carter Smith. So I feel like Michigan fans should be excited with what is already locked in right now. All right. So what is next for recruiting? The season's over. Do you expect the Wolverines to hit the portal? Inside Scoop fans, college football season is wrapping up, and it also means that the NFL is winding down as well. But there's still some great games left in the season. And you know what's not great, though? Finding last-minute tickets. Finding last-minute tickets, it can be a nightmare. Do not let this be the way your 2024 goes. That's why I'm here to tell you about Game Time. It is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the big-time matchups. The Game Time app is great. It's easy to use, and it works in any city, any team. And you get the best price guarantee. Do not stress over getting into your team's favorite games anymore. There's only so many big games, and you need to get these tickets at the best prices. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game Time is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money. Zone deals, all right? This is where you pick a section, and Game Time picks the seats for big savings. So here's what we're gonna do. Snag the tickets without stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code INSIDESCOOP for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code INSIDESCOOP for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, there's, Michigan hits the portal in a strategic way. Right. Um, they go after plug and play guys, guys who can immediately fill in the roles of a starter. Um, there, but there are certain positions, you know, that Michigan can go after. I mean, first off, we got to talk about quarterback. Um, the, the the status of JJ McCarthy, you know, whether or not he leaves for the NFL hasn't been mm -hmm. determined yet. So if he leaves, you got to fill in a guy who can be an immediate starter and possibly, you know, a developmental role for the next couple of seasons. Um, offensive lines, another one. I mean, starters like Trevor Keegan and Ladarius Henderson have accepted senior role invites, so guys who can be immediate starters there. Um, defensive line, I mean, Chris Jenkins, Camp Good, they're gone. So that's a position, too, where defensive line coach Mike Elston loves to just rotate guys and keep them um, fresh and healthy throughout all four quarters. So having death pieces is crucial there. Mm -hmm. um, defensive back, I mean, Mike Sanders still – um is gone for the nfl guys like cam calhoun entered the portal and is committed to utah so you want like a number two piece for next season right next to will johnson so and then another one is wide receiver i mean Worldman wilson just accepted his senior bull invites cornelius johnson is out of eligibility um the class that group right now is loaded with younger talent but if you can bring in a veteran wide out um, that would be huge, especially like as an outside bigger body threat. So there's certain positions that Michigan go after. And I feel like if they do, they're going to bring in guys who can be immediate starters. Yeah, you know, Michigan, they're going to utilize the portal, but they're going to be strategic about it. You're not going to see them bringing in double digit 15, 20 portal transfers this offseason. But I got a question. We know they're going to recruit well heading into this offseason. But for Michigan to truly capitalize on their ability to recruit, do they need to kind of lock in Harbaugh or kind of quell some of the questions that are surrounding his tenure? Do you think that needs to happen or they're going to recruit well regardless? 
I would say that the sooner that Harbaugh gets extended, the easier it will be to capitalize. Yeah. Um, Harbaugh is obviously a draw, right, from his mm-hmm. playing career to a Super Bowl uh, appearance win- coach and now a national championship coach. I mean, his ability to connect with recruits and their families to just closing with top targets. I mean, he is clearly an asset when going after the country's top targets every cycle. Um, right. If there's guarantee that Harbaugh gets extended, then there is no speculation, I, I believe, from recruits and their loved ones about the future of the program. And that really just consists of who's leading the program. Um, that also just includes, right, like which assistant coach say or not and so on and so forth. But um, this will be like the third straight off season in which there are Harbaugh to NFL rumors. And the past two, I believe, really put a dent in, I guess, maximizing um, you know, winning a Big Ten yeah. title, beating OSU, a college football play, playoff appearances, and translating yeah. that to um, tr- recruiting trail results. But, I mean, President Santa Odo, uh, athletic director Ward Manuel, have gone on record saying they want Harbaugh back. The fans want Harbaugh back. The team wants Harbaugh back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, worst case, should Harbaugh leave? I mean, the obvious choice, you know, to have that culture remain to have the foundation remain and just keep the energy that Harbaugh kind of in, in, um, built around the facilities is to promote Sharon Moore, offensive coordinator and offensive mm-hmm. line coach. A guy like Sharon Moore is shown to be an elite recruiter. His ability to build relationships away from football with recruits. And I mean, he is 4 0 as an acting head coach this season, you know, with wins against Penn State and OSU. But, you know, if you can have everyone back and that includes Harbaugh and the assistant coaches um you can have you know just maximizing results immediately on the recruiting trail and that starts this month with junior day visits yeah and I thought maybe you're gonna say the best person to replace him could be Brian Kelly that way he brings Bryce Underwood with him but hey we're not gonna go there we're not gonna go there on this show we're not gonna go there um but I I do agree with what you say I mean like, look at this offseason, or this season, I should say, the 2024 cycle. Michigan finished 15th. Not bad by any means, but you know if those rumors weren't swirling all summer and into the season, then they probably would have recruited better. So it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of quiet these rumors quickly and go hit the recruiting trail and really capitalize. We'll see what happens. But Zach Libby, you guys have been killing it on the Wolverine. Great coverage all weekend into the national championship game. It's going to be a fun offseason. Thank you for dropping by the inside scoop. Appreciate it, Josh. Thanks. Nick Saban retired in Tennessee, is now trending for the number two quarterback in America. We're going to talk about what went down last night for George McIntyre to now be trending to Tennessee. And in this video, I got Tennessee insider Austin Price on. He's going to take us behind the scenes of this recruitment. But first, Tennessee fans, hit subscribe to the On3 Recruits channel. It is an exciting time right now. I mean, the SEC, the balance of power, it's all out of whack. Going to be a fun offseason. Hit subscribe. Going to be want to be a part of this channel. All right, let's bring on Austin Price from VolQuest. Austin, we'll get into George McIntyre in a minute. Want to talk a little O-line transfer portal talk real quick. Zalance Hurd leaving LSU, probably the top available offensive lineman right now. Uh, visited Tennessee last weekend. What are you hearing from your sources as we're now midweek? Yeah, I continue to feel like Tennessee's in a really good spot. Um, you know, this is one that's kind of had a lot of ebbs and flows to it. He visited Tennessee for about a six-hour visit last Saturday, then went to uh, Norman, Oklahoma, and visited the Sooners. Um, and, you know, Ole Miss has tried to get involved, but, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they're basically, you know, 
you know, seeing the deal come here there, come there this weekend. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Tennessee's in a really good spot here, and, uh, you know, we'll see if uh, Lance comes to the decision sooner rather than later. That would be a huge addition in more ways than one. Anybody else on the offensive line that Tennessee fans need to know? Yeah, Percy Lewis, uh, offensive tackle from uh, Mississippi State, um, is scheduled to be here this weekend. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if that uh, the visit comes to fruition. But right now, he's still set up to be here. And you know, Tennessee, uh, you know, needs to build depth. They really don't have a whole lot of offensive tackles. So, you know, is that the one they take a look at? They have John Campbell still on the roster. They have Dane Davis. But, uh, you know, with you know with her technically not announcing as of, you know, 10, 15 Eastern time when we tape this, you know, you have to continue the progression of, of getting Percy Lewis to campus. Mm. Yeah, so we'll see what happens this weekend. Could be some big moves in the transfer portal for Tennessee. Now, I tease it at the top. Tennessee, after Nick Saban announces his retirement, starts trending for a top QB. So prior to last night and that big announcement from Nick Saban stepping down, George McIntyre was trending to Alabama at close to 80% on the recruiting prediction machine. So what happened? Well, I flipped my prediction from Alabama to Tennessee in the guise of Nick Saban's retirement announcement. The number two ranked quarterback in America is now trending to Tennessee. Now, of course, this isn't news to Austin Price. I mean, he's probably been telling me for a month that I need to flip my pick. So, Austin, when is George McIntyre expected to announce a decision? It's much longer than that, Josh. This was uh, this is <laughs> September. I can tell you where I was. I was getting ready to do Clinton and Anderson County high school football on a Thursday night. And I sat in the parking lot and said, you shouldn't have done that. You're going to be wrong. Well, so, I, I got to use the guise of, of that big dude, announcement last dude. night to kind of slip it in there that, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, I think he's going to Tennessee now. Yeah, I mean, again, I think Josh Heupel's done a really nice job in this recruitment. Uh, Tennessee has been right there at the forefront. Now, George, I, I, I told you then, what was my word? My exact words were, if you're trying to read anything George McIntyre's doing, you are going to fail. And that goes for anybody. It doesn't matter if it's Chad Simmons, guys at the other networks. It doesn't matter. Like, George is maybe, like, the most flatline, cool customer you can't read. Like, I'd love – if that kid was good at poker, he'd make yeah. millions because he is fantastic. Um, and maddening if you're trying to follow. So, uh, you know, this is a kid that uh, I, you know, I just think is a really good, really good kid. He, he's got a burning desire to to, to win. I uh, didn't win enough this past year at the high school level, and, and I know he is just driven to flip that going into his senior year. But uh, you know, Tennessee's done a really nice job with George, and you know, uh, you know, super talented kid, freak athlete. Um, got to continue to put weight on, and he knows that's a very much an important thing. But uh, you know, I mean. Kid can throw from several different angles with his arm and, you know, throws on the move extremely, extremely well. And, you know, just uh, I think, you know, he is, you know, if not the top, one of the top couple of quarterbacks in the country for that 2025 class. Yeah, well, the industry ranks him as the number two quarterback in the country. Um, wh when is he expected to decide, announce? You know, he's not announced his decision date yet. Um, you know, I, I think the rubber's meeting the road, though. I think it's going to be, you know, probably in the next week or so. And um, this is a kid, again, who likes to play everything close to the vest. So we'll kind of wait and see when uh, he drops his official date. But I, I do think that the, uh, to quote Tom Hanks, the earth is getting bigger in the window from Apollo 13. So with Alabama, you know, kind of seemingly out of the picture now with McIntyre, is there any team 
that Tennessee fans need to keep an eye on as we kind of close in on this decision? I mean, other schools are going to continue to recruit George, but his top three of LSU, Alabama, and Tennessee, I mean, yeah. you know, Alabama doesn't have a coach. Uh, <laughs> LSU just got Bryce Underwood. And, of course, you got the balls who, again, George has, you know, been filling Tennessee for quite a while, in my opinion. So, um, you know, again, I, there's going to be teams that continue to call him, um, and, and they should, right? I mean, that's that's pretty natural for anybody. Um, but I don't think you can. There's just one set team that you go. You know that that guy, that team's lurking in the weeds for George yeah. McIntyre. Uh, you have to pay attention to them. I think right now it's kind of like you know everybody will kind of reassess here in the next couple of months as uh, this thing kind of continues to unfold. How important is it to get George McIntyre on board in this 2025 class? Really, even between before junior days begin. I think it's massive. I think you know for Tennessee, you know. To get it, you know, they got a big junior day next weekend. They've got one coming up on February 3rd. And to have George you know, potentially in the boat, you know, by next weekend uh, to maybe be in town, to maybe be in town on February 3rd yeah. would be big for Tennessee because, you know, you look at Radarius Jackson, you look at Cam Sparks, you look at Caleb Cunningham, um, you know, right on down the list, there's a lot of, you know, targets that George talks to on a routine basis. Then there's the offensive linemen, David Sanders, Josh Petty. Right. Um, all players that Tennessee are, are heavily involved in. And so you know, getting your uh, your franchise quarterback in the boat early on would be big for Josh Heupel and Tennessee. Especially since he lives in Nashville. So he's going to essentially, anytime there's a big visitor on campus, George McIntyre can kind of be part of that welcoming committee every weekend. So it's going to be massive if and when he joins the class. But for now, Austin Price, thanks for keeping us updated on the latest developments with George McIntyre and the transfer portal. Appreciate it, Josh. Thank you for watching. If you enjoyed that content, be sure to subscribe to the On3 Recruits channel. We have a new page dedicated only to recruiting. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now.